I remember feeding her a bottle and then after feeding her a bottle, like I still had to move milk. So I had to pump after that. And that's like an hour process. I'm up from like two to three in the morning, just bottle feeding and then like sitting by myself for 20 to 30 minutes pumping. And I remember pretty well thinking to myself, this has got to end. I cannot do this. This baby has got to learn how to latch. If I can nurse her at the breast in the middle of the night, that could help eliminate me moving milk in the middle of the night and could potentially eliminate my middle of the night session. Hey mama, welcome to Tired Mom's Club with Be My Breast Friend. My name is Kristen. I am the creator of Be My Breast Friend on Instagram and BeMyBreastFriend.com. I am a mom of the four, third time exclusive pumper and CLC. Join me for the duration of your pump session, whether you're sitting in a dark room during your middle of the night pump, at work, traveling, or keeping baby occupied while you prep the next bottle. We are going to talk about all things lactation and more. Hang out with me while I share more insight behind some of my favorite pump reviews and breastfeeding products. There will also be guests. I have made friends with some of the coolest people around. We will touch on lactation education to maternal nutrition, starting your little one on solids, and sometimes just some freestyle chit-chat with my breasties. So sit back, relax, do some of that fancy hammer to trigger a letdown, and turn me up. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tired Moms Club with Be My Breast Friend. Uh, Today's going to be a little different. I am just going to speak on how I got baby number two, well I should say pregnancy number two, singleton number one, back to breast after starting out with an exclusive pumping journey. So I'm going to give you a little background, like how we got rolling, what happened, what was my breaking point to make me want to put baby back to breast, and then, you know, just a little bit about that and just some tips because it's a pretty hot topic. I think when you're a first-time mom or you're just like, you don't see a whole lot of breastfeeding information out there and you're, you kind of are convinced, you got it in your head or maybe someone has told you, well, you're going to put that baby to the boob and they're going to feed and that's all you could do. You can't sustain, you know, quote unquote, you can't sustain a supply with a pump and if baby doesn't latch, you're going to lose your supply and yada, yada. We all know that from hopefully you've learned so far that that is all inaccurate information and you can absolutely sustain and maintain a supply while exclusively pumping. Um, and if you choose to nurse your baby, you can still use a pump. And if you choose to pump, you have the ability to still nurse your baby at the breast. But now this is going to be a group effort. And this is where I'm going to share my story and how I got my first singleton back to boob after we had started with an exclusive pumping journey. So taking this back a couple of years now, um, I exclusively pumped for 18 months from my multiples and it was a super successful exclusively pumping journey. It didn't start out that way. So don't, don't get me wrong. It was hell and back in the beginning, but at the end we went out with a bang. It was super successful. I really grew to enjoy it only because it was so successful. Had I had a terrible journey the entire time, I wouldn't be here talking about it today, I'm sure. So I was pregnant with my first singleton, my little rainbow baby, my big surprise. And I figured I would just pump for this baby like I had pumped for my multiples. I mean, why wouldn't I pump? Because that's what I knew best. You know, I'm not, I wasn't an at breast mom. I was a pumping mom. That's what I knew. That's what I success. I was very successful at. And that's what I figured I would do with my first singleton. So uh, I was prepared for it just like that. Like I went to delivery. I brought my harvested colostrum. I was ready with frozen syringes. I actually told my husband to throw a couple frozen in his pocket. So I was ready to feed her when we were in our recovery for two hours prior to going to our patient room. So um, 
I remember I everyone's like, just because you've got be my breast friend and you're a pumping resource, don't not put baby to the boob. And I was like, well, I don't know what you think of me. Like, of course, I'm going to I'll try it because I'm not opposed to feeding the baby at the breast. It's just not what worked well for me. And it wasn't what I was comfortable with. Um, so I went into it again, exclusive, like thinking I was going to exclusively pump. But again, I wasn't against putting baby to the boob. So our journey started out with going into the deliver into the recovery room. Here she is, brand new, freshy baby. And I remember putting her to the boob. And I think I was, to be perfectly honest, I was too forceful. Like I wasn't like aggressive, but I was like trying to introduce my breast to her when really I should allowed her to like introduce herself to my breast, you know, like just like let baby like come to, cause all of my deliveries have been C-section. So that's a wild ride for baby too. There's just so many variables that go into all of this. And I didn't, truly give her like the consideration I should have. So she tried to latch my breast. And I do remember that she gave me immediate nipple damage. She just had a shallow latch. I was like starting to like have like kind of a bubbly nipple. I call it raspberry nipple because of her suction. She had a great suction, like it was strong, but it did some damage. So I remember pulling her off. I remember being in pain. I was like, this is just not working. And I told my husband, get me that syringe out of your pocket. And colostrum, you know, we're feeding little bits at a time. So I collected little bits at a time and that's how I froze them. So it was very quick to just like rub between your two hands, warm it up, and then baby was able to eat that. So I did have food for her. And this goes back actually to episode number three with Kelly Kendall about um, harvesting colostrum or just learning how to hand express. So this is a fabulous tool to apply to what I'm now talking about, you know, having baby and having not the ability to latch and just being able to feed some colostrum. So whether that be the colostrum that my husband had in his pocket or me asking the nurses for something to just hand express into and then cup feed or syringe feed um, baby, you know, at that point in time, which these are all options and absolutely something I would consider if you find yourself in this position. So uh, moving forward, I remember we went to a recovery room and I asked the nurse, I said, um, hey, I, I, can I get my hand pump? Because I knew I had excuse me, I had delivered at this hospital before. So I knew that I was getting this medella or medela um, package that had like the bottles, the hand pump, um, everything I needed for the symphony. But the hand pump was in addition to this box. So I remember telling the nurse, and I talk about this once in a blue moon on Instagram. Um, I said, yeah, I, I asked the nurse for the pump. She told me no. She said, you need to put baby to the boob. And I said, no, like, and this is me after I was vomiting all the way up to our room. Like I just had kind of like a rough come, like coming out of my surgery for my C-section and, um, but whatever, like got up to the room and like, here she is arguing with me and I'm telling her no. And she's telling me no. And then I said, please just get me that box. Like, I know that that tin is coming to me and I know what's in it. And I said, can you help me assemble my hand pump? And she goes, she kind of like, was like, not very kind to me. And she's like, there's no pump in here. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. I was like, just give it to me. So here I am, like I got my puke bag on one end, my newborn like at my knees, like probably laying between my legs, you know, at this point, like so I can handle the Medela collections of like bottles and stuff. And I put the pump together and she goes, oh, wow, you learned something new every day. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just glad it was with me, lady, because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a mean person, but I just came out of delivery and I was just vomiting and I just want to pump and you're arguing with me. So I was like, oh Lord. So um, I'm glad she learned something that day. Hopefully she can apply it to her for future patients, truly. Um, but I started pumping right away and I did go to the hospital with colostrum. So the idea here was to have colostrum if I needed it, it was frozen. I brought it frozen and 
then, you know, you, some patient rooms have refrigerators in there. You could potentially continue to keep it frozen. And if you don't use it, you can bring it home or hopefully there's a floor fridge and you can keep it in there or whatever to continue to keep it frozen. Um, but the idea here now is to have that colostrum brought to the hospital and then to express, cause you have to activate that, that let that, um, milk production, right? We're not just worried or we're not just like putting emphasis on feeding the frozen colostrum. We and while we have the frozen classroom, we want to work on our supply. So um, I started hand expressing. I started using manual pumps. And eventually I did work into an electric pump when my hands got tired. And I, I'm pretty honest about that. You know, we talked about colostrum with Kelly Kendall on episode number three, how it's just more effective at collecting colostrum with your hands. But I'll be honest, like it gets a little it gets a little tiring for me and my hands are hurting. So I just jumped to another pump. Um, but while I am bringing that milk forward and removing that milk and now establishing and demanding my new supply, I'm able to stay ahead of my frozen colostrum and feed nice, warm, room temperature, fresh colostrum to newborn baby. And that's truly how we got started. So um, I syringe fed, fed her with like my frozen. And then I asked the um, lactation consultants for, um, they have these little like um, bulbs I use, these, uh, what do they call them? Um, they're like little, like, they remind me of like little science experiments bulbs. So um, you just like, you know, suck it up and then I could like feed the baby or with a syringe or what is actually better than all of those options is a cup is feeding baby by like a little cup or a spoon and allowing baby to kind of lap it up. So um, those are all options. And that's really what I did with my daughter with the occasional, like, let's see if we can get her to nurse. So while I was at the hospital, Lactation still came in and everyone's concerned about you express, you know, um, pumping. Everyone's worried that you're going to uh, demand and encourage an oversupply, which is a very, very relevant concern. And I think we can totally get into that in a different episode. But, you know, going into this, I knew what I was doing for, you know, I would say for the most part, you, I feel like you could, even myself, I could still demand an oversupply, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I, you know, they, they didn't know me from Adam. So, um, I said, I, you know, I understand. I just, this is what we're going to do. And they respected that, which I was really respectful that they respected my wishes. But then I said, but in the meantime, like I still wouldn't be against trying to learn how to latch baby if that's ever going to be a thing for us. So they still helped me and we hit it here and there. Like, but I always finished a nursing session or I would call it really a latch session because she really didn't get much, but it was always practice. My idea, my goal was always to keep baby familiar with the boob, even if I followed it with a bottle. And because I was pumping my colostrum and my transitional and my mature milk at this, you know, moving forward and forward, I would always had milk pumped if a latching session, we'll call it a latching session, didn't turn into a feeding session. So um, we get home from the hospital and I just kept up with the same routine. I, I kept up with wanting to try to pump like every three and a half to four hours, that two and a half hour thing. I get it. I, I support it, but I'm telling you, it's not easy. So I will pump even to this day, like when I had baby number four, I still pumped like every three, three and a half to four hours. And um, the two and a two and a half, like that's just, that will make me lose my mind. It's just too much for me. Um, so where was I? So baby comes home. We were exclusively pumping and bottle feeding her. But if I was in the moment and, and the sun is shining, so this is like, we're calling this midday right now and the sun's shining. She's a little itty bitty baby. You know, they're, they're sleeping all the time, a little drowsy, like kind of easy to manipulate. So I try to take advantage of that, like drowsy state and try to latch her. So I was always 
keeping her familiar with the breast. That was my goal, even if it wasn't successful. And this is like, you know, newborn to like one month, two months, like right in that area. I was always introducing the boob whenever I had the opportunity. Um, I found that in the evenings when she was the most drowsy, that would probably be like one of my more successful feedings when my big kids were running around and like just creating a scene, there was no way, you know, she was just too distracted, even as little she was like, there's too much going on. And she just wanted to turn her head toward the action, you know, so we didn't have a whole lot of success. So here I am, like truly an exclusive pumper with like a side of like attempting to latch, which was nine times out of 10, not very successful. And um, what happened? So then I remember it was around the time I was going to start going back to work. So here I am, like, I need, like, I need my sleep, you know, with my multiples, they were um, late, they were premature late term. So I didn't go back to work until like six months or so, because I didn't want to leave them. I just felt like it wasn't, it was just too early, which gratefully we were able to make that work. And my employer was willing to work with me on that. But I know that's not, you know, not well heard of, unfortunately, but I didn't go back till six months with my first singleton. I went back pretty much right away, which that's a whole nother topic in itself. I just think that's all garbage, but um, I did go back pretty quick. So I um, wanted to get away from pumping and bottle feeding in the middle of the night. I, I, I pretty, I remember this pretty well. I, got up. I, you know, she's crying, she's hungry. And we all know, like when you got a screaming hungry baby and you're waiting for a bottle to warm up out of the fridge at two in the morning, that's like hell on earth, right? It's just like, I don't want you to cry. Like I'm tired. I'm irritable. You're upset, which is upsetting me. It's just like, it's just really bad all the way around. Um, especially when it's two in the morning for me, at least I'm just like, I'm not really a night owl. So Um, I remember feeding her a bottle and then after feeding her a bottle, like I still had to move milk. So I had to pump after that. And that's like an hour process. I'm up from like two to three in the morning, just bottle feeding and then like sitting by myself for 20 to 30 minutes pumping. And I remember pretty well thinking to myself, this has got to end. I cannot do this. This baby has got to learn how to latch. If I can nurse her at the breast in the middle of the night, that could help eliminate me moving milk in the middle of the night and could potentially eliminate my middle of the night session. So that like where this came from, it was really just desperation and survival mode. Like I didn't see anyone else do this or whatever. It was just like, we got to make changes and I need like my mental health needs to come back. I need more rest. So because it was middle of the night and she's hungry and I tried to, you know, when babies waiting for a bottle, they're getting more and more worked up and more upset. But when you hear them wake and they're crying, like that's like the beginning, like before they like go wild, right? And like really upset. So I'd rush in there and then, you know, drop, drop the bra, pull out the boob and then work on getting her to latch because I knew that she could. I knew that she, she knew what the boob was because I was introducing the boob like off and on for like the last two and a half months. So because she was in her drowsy state, she was hungry. There were no distractions. It was just me and her, which truly, in all honesty, became it was it, no one wants to wake up in the middle of the night to feed your baby. Like, I'm sorry, we love our children, but we all want to sleep. Um, but it really became like a really special time for me and her. I felt like we bonded and not because she was nursing, but because we just had our quiet time. It was just me and her. I just I grew to love it, truly. But because she was drowsy and because I already knew that she knew they had the ability to latch 
we just were persistent with that. And before I knew it, she was latching like a pro and nursing throughout the middle of the night. Not, it did not start out this way. I would always have that bottle. I would still warm up a bottle or have a bottle like on deck when I would try to latch her in the middle of the night. If it was not a successful latch, then I would give her a bottle. But she turned it around pretty quickly. So we didn't do a whole lot of that, thankfully. But that kind of goes back to if you want to try to latch your baby during the day and they're distracted or whatever, You're if you're an exclusive pumper, if you're collecting milk at any capacity, you should hopefully still have something you know on the back burner to feed them if the latch or the feeding fails. Now, what about the pumping? I think that's like kind of a, a hot, hot question that might arise. So I have a natural oversupply. When I, even to this day, like in baby number four, when I wake up in the morning, my breasts are still quite full. I'm not in discomfort anymore. I am regulated, but I still wake up pretty full, sometimes more than others, especially if my now my baby number four now doesn't want to eat through the night because we're doing the same thing, that I'm doing the same thing with not my baby number four that I did with baby number three. Uh, just because I knew I could do it and I wanted to push that agenda on this baby and it worked really well. Even better, even more so actually. We're doing much better with this one than the than, than the previous. So if you are waking up in the middle of the night to feed baby on the breast, and I only fed one breast because I had a natural oversupply. She always got her fill on my left breast. I did not pump my right breast. So you might be saying, well, aren't that breast like isn't getting any activity? Like what's it going to do to your supply? That is truly going to depend on each individual person. For myself, my supply did decrease a little bit in that breast, but not to a point where it was an issue. Like I still produced out of it. It just regulated down because I wasn't moving milk in the middle of the night to you know, it's new demand, which still was elevated. So not a big deal. It didn't hinder my breastfeeding journey whatsoever. It was a little uncomfortable in the beginning because I wasn't moving milk in the middle of the night. Even a little bit of milk moved is better than none. So speaking from like a milk production point of view, that's always going to benefit you and move and speaking from a comfort point of view, it's still going to be more comfortable if I nurse my baby at the boob and she moves like call it three to four ounces in a breast, like that's still going to give me more comfort and allow me to sleep a little longer, you know, like when I go back to bed and not wake up in discomfort. So I think if you are worried about your supply and you're like, well, I really do need to move milk in that other breast because my capacity might be lower or maybe my supply might be a slightly lower and I don't want to lose that milk because I depend on that breast and I depend on that breast supply, that milk supply, you could parallel pump. So parallel pumping is when you feed baby on one breast. Well, I should take this a step a step back because we don't want to pump a breast if we're feeding on both breasts. So if your baby is satisfied on one breast and you know this and this is routine, you can pump the other breast while baby is feeding on the breast they prefer, the breast that they're filling on, because you just don't want to deplete milk out of the breast if baby needs that breast to complete their feeding. But if that's not the case then you can parallel pump. So with this, like I know I'm not a big fan of the LV. Like I do like some of those mobile in your bra pumps. I think that like for parallel pumping, they, they could be at most ideal. And I think truly that's where a lot of breastfeeding moms or nursing moms really benefit and maximize those kinds of pumps because baby can't kick them off. It's not a haka. You're not using a silicone pump that's collective, collecting, um, you know, active, active milk removal from like a letdown, like you're actually like drawing it out, you're stimulating your production, you're stimulating the nipple and you're, you know, you're triggering that letdown. So it's a little different. Um, And I think that that would be an excellent way to incorporate 
still moving milk on both breasts if that is what you need to do. So parallel pumping could be done with, you know, your flange and your spectra, your medulla, your whatever. You could do that way um, or you can do like a cup or whatever would be your most effective removal is truly the most ideal. But again, any milk removed out of that breast is always going to benefit your production. So I think like with this all being said, you just really need to know like your personal situation. If you're not sure of it and you're still getting used to what's going on, I would use a regular flange, what you use during the day, what you know you get your best removal out with. That's the flange setup in the pump I would use if you were parallel pumping in the middle of the night. And then you unlatch baby, lay him back down, put that milk in the refrigerator, and then, you know, start up the next day. So that's like my middle of the night recommendation. That's how I would do that. Now for the, during the day, this is a tough situation or it's truly, well, it's a tough situation. And it's just like a tough one for me to answer because I was not successful here. My daughter would latch during the day, like occasionally, but she preferred the night. We preferred the night because that was when it was the least distractions. And really it was the most important for me. That's why it was like the best of both worlds because I was able to go to work into pumps. She was able to take bottles. And then we still like got our nursing experience in the middle of the night when truly it was like the most important and most valuable to me because it was so quiet and it was just a special time for the two of us. Move. Let's flash forward to today even. My daughter now, she nurses really well during the middle of the night and she only nurses before naps. Um, if I try to nurse her on the couch right now when the sunshine and the kids are just like wild and crazy in the front room or even in the back room, if there, if there is sound, if there's any distraction, she will not laugh. She, she's easily distracted. She pops off, which, you know, I'm whistling the same tune. I think like all like, you know, exclusively breastfed mothers whistle. So it's nothing out of the nothing out of the norm here, but you know, finding a quiet place somewhere that you can encourage baby to latch without any distractions or minimal distractions. Um, getting them when they're they're drowsy though, in my experience, is like prime time. Unfortunately, there's like no, in my opinion and in my experience, there's no like one right way of doing this. It's really just trial and error. And if you are exclusively pumping, you're probably already going to have milk set aside that you can follow up that quote unquote latch session that didn't turn into a feeding session with a bottle. So my, and to wrap this all up and like, let you go back to your life and back to work, back to your baby. I would just say that get baby in a drowsy state. That's when it's going to be the easiest, probably possibly the easiest time to get them to latch when they're like not so coherent and like aware of what's going on. Hopefully you can, you know, kind of like slip a nip basically, right? Like get baby to latch, like get them interested in what's going on. Like they would a bottle, but because they can't really fight you on it because they're kind of like, I just want to go to bed with a boob or a bottle in my mouth. Like that's a good way of starting. If baby's distracted, I, I mean, that's where I'm at right now. And I've kind of given up on trying to latch my baby right now when it's like we're out and about or anything, unless I know like we're in dire straits, then I will like, you know, then I'll put the boob out if I don't have a bottle and I know she's hungry. But I truly just save the boob now for the middle of the night and for um, anytime she goes to nap before her naps. Um, it just works about best for us and I'm still pumping. So I call this combo feeding. I am feeding at the breast milk in a bottle and I'm nursing at the boob and not one journey is going to look the same. Like 
everyone's going to vary in a little, little way. Right. So I say, just listen to what I've said. Hopefully that like helps kind of like put you on a road to some kind of success, whether that be the same as mine or like a little different, you like mold it to make it your own story. Just know that you can, you know, you can't put baby back to boob. Um, if you're continuing to have issues and things are not going the right way and you're like, Kristen made it sound kind of easy. It wasn't easy. It took time to get there. But if we still were having a really hard time, I would have seeked out more lactation help. So I would say that if you're not like seeing any kind of progress or babies like frustrated at the breast or like not latching well and you're questioning something, definitely find someone that you can do an in-person or even virtual, virtual still thing, right? But in person, I'm all about like, you know, being right there in the flesh. I just think that's like going to be your best bet. But that's my opinion. But yeah, definitely seek out further lactation help if you're continuing to have issues. But do know that you can go back to breast and you can bounce between the two. Let's follow this up with a nipple talk. So like nipple flow, quote unquote, nipple confusion, which I, I don't believe in. So let's bring someone back. I'm going to, I'm going to bother my dear friend, Courtney Olson, who you heard on one of the last episodes. I'm going to bring her back and we're going to talk about nipples and flow. So Courtney, if you hear that, you're coming back, girlfriend. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope that you had a good session. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope that this gave you some confidence in putting your baby back to boo. 